0: Good afternoon, welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we look at the markets, these soybeans, they did very well today. The beans... But for the corn, we saw kind of a struggle there towards the end. And, and the livestock was a definite big struggle on the trade. We've got weather. We've got models that aren't agreeing with each other. And some talk about soybeans having some issues in Brazil. We're going to talk that and a whole lot more today with Darren Fessler. He is with Lakefront Futures. So I think, Darren, we got to start out looking at these soybeans. So, some big moves seen for for a Tuesday.
1: Yes, they are. You know, we, we broke out of a... a- basically a a trend line that we've been been in now since uh, January back above that today we did not take out that 433 high on the May beans but we are looking up I think there's a lot of bullish things that could still take place in the bean complex you look at what's going on in Brazil slow slow harvest now granted it should not shock anybody that the harvest has been a little bit slow the planting was delayed but we are getting to a point now where we are starting to push off that second corn crop planting, maybe outside of the ideal window. So we'll have to really watch how the progress, uh, you know, goes on over the next couple of weeks in Brazil. And then if you switch gears further south of Brazil, obviously the, dr- the dryness in Argentina is a concern now. USDA pegging, you know, somewhere around that 47, 48 million metric ton. Now a lot of contacts I have in Argentina, they're probably going to be a little bit south of that yet. So all of that is fueling the market here. You got a positive te- technical sign here today. you got positive fundamentals in South America you got positive fundamentals uh, you know domestically here with our exports. So uh, there's a lot of things looking up here now if you can start taking out those highs on the May contract, It's not out of question why we couldn't reach the 62% extension level near that 1480 mark here in the next uh, a couple of weeks here. Uh, We'll just have to watch this very closely. It was kind of a soft session after we made those highs, though, settled off about 20 cents. So, again, we'll just have to watch this as we move forward here. And But right now, everything's looking pretty good from a technical structure.
0: Well, from a technical side, but then when you get to the reality side, on in this market obviously there has been a lot of struggles uh with weather in south america and and the fact that models aren't agreeing just makes it a little bit more interesting
1: it it really does now argentina the models are are in agreement with brazil Uh, brazil's going to get some more rain it brazil is used to getting rain but it's, it's it's prolonging that harvest completion The problem where the models are disagreeing is Argentina. The GFS is showing rain. The euro is not. The euro is a little bit more reliable than the GFS. Argentina needs rain to finish the crop off. Um, Do they get it? The trend is your friend. If dryness is continuing to be the case as it was the past few weeks with warmer weather, there's a little bit of a concern um, as we go forward with Argentina. So I do think that there is – going to continue to be some premium put into this market probably in the months ahead we're going to see some downgrades from the USDA when it comes to the Argentina crop Uh, that would not surprise me at all but this market is going to continue to be volatile for some time here we are our exports are running very very good now I would not be shocked to see Uh, You know the USDA maybe start to increase our exports a little bit, but keep in mind our carryouts are already thin. I don't know how much they're going to be willing to do it, although they probably should.
0: So we've been talking about this on and off for last week or so. Should there be some nervousness as we hear of the struggles in South America and the limited supplies of crops we have here in the U.S.?
1: Uh, There's yeah, we definitely need to be concerned about that. The problem is. Uh, We all expected at this point to have a lot more beans on the world market than currently is. There's tons and tons of ships off the coast of Brazil right now just waiting to be loaded. They've been waiting there for months now. Um, The problem with that is if they continue to see this prolonged harvest delay – they will continue they they will get the harvest done i'm not i'm not so worried about that but it's the timing aspect of it and it's the perception okay we need to continue to encourage the producer to get bushels to the market here until hard until brazil starts getting more of that online here but what you're starting i think to see maybe a little bit here is the outlook forums numbers and, and starting to show okay if brazil has an issue getting this crop online or if argentina has an issue where are we at when it comes to domestic supply? And you start thinking about the acres. Now the Outlook Forum last week had us at ninety million acres. And that's we using almost a fifty one bushel yield and we still had a hundred and forty five million carryout. So what really to me from an outside looking in at the market, there could be some significant upside still, I think, in November twenty one beans where we really can't afford less than eighty nine or ninety million acres and we probably can't afford too big of a weather hiccup either. So, so there's a lot of things I still think are developing, new crop beans.
0: So does that put pressure on this producer? Is there hearing you talk about this, knowing that, heck, back last month we were already hearing the corn versus bean acreage discussion raising its head?
1: Uh, yeah, and, and and if you look, I, I'm still in the camp that you're going to get more corn, you're going to get more beans, but you look at the cotton side now. I know a lot of guys, we don't grow cotton around here. But a lot of my clients in Georgia do. Cotton is making a really, really nice run, um, and it could get very, very explosive from a technical structure. So how much acres is actually getting pulled out of cotton now that was maybe intended for beans or corn, I don't think very much. So where are these acres going to come from? Is That's a huge, huge question if we go forward here. March is a critical month, last-minute decisions.
0: Definitely a lot of last-minute decisions. What are we seeing? And and I want to kind of continue this conversation to the back half, but I know that South America's had those weather struggles, and and as you talk about this Brazil bean crop, it's not doing well.
1: No, it's not. It's, it's, It's more or less because of the slow harvest pace. Uh, but the yields are, are are doing okay. They're a little bit behind last year, but they will, they will pick up pace here as we go along here. All
0: right, we're going to finish this conversation on soybeans and more. Stick around. Part 2 is just around the corner. It is a Tuesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation with Darren Fessler. He's with Lakefront Futures. So we left talking about the crop in Brazil, specifically the soybeans. And before you and I started the Fontenelle Final Bell, you were talking about some reports of some issues with this crop in certain areas because of late harvest and excessive moisture.
1: Yeah, there is in in southern Brazil in Panara, and you're in you're getting some of that in Mato Grosso, which is northern Brazil, but you're getting excessive rain, you're seeing some 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 beans that are starting to rot. Um start, some beans are starting to sprout in the pods. Um so even though that the conditions remain uh what we would say wet around here, um producers there are still harvesting regardless. They're trying to get the crop out to stop for further damage. Now, you're going to probably hear a lot of estimates out there, well, is there 130 million bushel crop out there, 130 million metric ton crop out there, or is it less than that? I'm still in the camp that we're into the 132 to 134 million metric ton crop. I, I think it's a very good crop. To, the crop is there. It's, it's the ability to get it out now in a timely manner before there's much more damage done. Um, the other the other issue that Brazil has is the infrastructure issue, um, but... Getting that harvest out and getting the beans to the port here is is probably the big thing right now at, for U.S. producers. And again, I continue to believe that these markets, from a technical structure, remain solid. Um, and I do think that these markets have some underlying um, pressure that's going to continue to to prop up these prices.
0: You know, it makes you wonder how long until we see the the whole port issue just adding another layer to what those in, in South America have had to deal with.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely raises the question, I think, if you know, as we go along here, usually when Brazilian products come online, we start seeing some cancellations from China. Now, we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot, if any, hardly, uh, of that taking place. So that's a good thing to see. My question is, uh, you know, let's say Brazil, uh, you know, exports four four million metric tons this month. There's no way they're going to get six, but let's say they do four. Well, that probably puts March exports in the ballpark of 8 to 10 million metric tons at least. Do we start seeing cancellations in March? Because you're not going to get any cancellations you know, in February here. There's just not enough beans on the market to do that. So that's a huge question because right now, if you look at where the exports are versus what the USDA is saying, we're, we're pretty much booked up here. So. Can we see some cancellations? Absolutely. If we don't see some cancellations, we are well, uh, the USDA is well under where, where they probably need to be on our export book, which probably leaves us literally out of beans.
0: Then what? <laughs> I know, I, I, that's you, like the million you, dollar question, but then what? <laughs> yeah.
1: You Well, it was supplying demand. You You're going to have to get to the point where you start rationing demand. And you know, I, with, with, producers all across the country i can tell you there is not a whole heck of a lot of beans sitting in farmers hands right now so that makes you know these you know this summer months uh very very interesting because i don't know how many guys are going to have beans left to sell in the summer months if 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 there are it's not going to be very many
0: so head over to the livestock side as they watch everything that's been unfolding and this constant roller coaster we've had in grain prices can we blame that on the lower numbers we saw in the live in the feeder cattle today
1: I think a little bit you can keep in mind. I mean, if we have like you know, take take a look at April fats, for example. I mean, from those November lows here, we we put on basically fifteen, sixteen bucks from those lows here. So to see a little bit of a correction is not too surprising here. But you are coming up against that you know late October trend line, which is going to have to be watched pretty closely here. Now, if we can hold this, I still don't think it's out of question why we couldn't see. One twenty-six, one thirty on the April board yet. Um, I, I still think there is really good demand domestically. Uh, export book remains strong. We're getting into grilling season, uh, you know, warmer weather. So all of this is starting to pan out a little bit. I think for the cattle over the longer term here. Now, granted, if you look at some, the summer months, say June, fast, you did not see the type of pullback you did in April day. Uh, so technically. Uh, you know, the breakdown was in April. It wasn't in June. So I still think those summer months, let's say June, August, fast, I, I, technically they remain strong. And I do think that once we get corrected here, I do think there is probably some higher levels coming as well. And likewise on the on the feeder board here. Now, I'm not going to be overly, overly bearish here, but I think you got to be a little bit cautious here. But it, as long as we can hold the February uh, trend line in, in feeders, I, I think that these markets can stabilize move back towards that 143 145 area in time um, and, but then you start looking at some of those back months let's say the August September October you, you know you think about that mid one, 150s or 160s I think those are all levels where guys probably should lock in uh, lock in some prices there from the hedge standpoint but right now I, I don't see a, a, a huge huge uh, collapse at, at all in in feeders unless there's some outside pressure that is is unforeseen right
0: now all right sounds good what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you darren
1: they can reach me directly at 312-858-3668
0: and just a reminder commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors that is the fontanel final bell brought to you by fontanel hybrids and all your local fontanel dealers right here on the rural radio network